Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute Movies at Jurassic World One Minute Time. This is the worst idea and a long sad history of bad ideas. I'm going to be there when you learn that. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode we're discussing Minute 87 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, we get the mention here that the cruise ships are coming. The cruise ships are coming to uh, save or rescue, rescue, evacuate, transport everyone off the islands back to uh, back to civilization. Uh, when the film came out, even even in the lead up to these minutes knowing that the cruise ships were coming I, I called bullshit <laughs> I thought who, who travels South Af- uh, South America on a cruise ship uh, but apparently a lot a lot of people do I found uh, after doing some googling there's um, there's quite a few cruise ships that uh, leave the Americas either uh, LA on the west coast or um, or Florida on the east coast and uh, head down past Panama Costa Rica and to uh, South America. Huh. I suppose more so here, how many ships are doing it, or, or how many are going to be there at the same time, because looking at the itineraries and booking schedules for a lot of these big cruise ships at the moment, uh, for this next year, it's sort of uh, a couple of weeks to a month apart, so they obviously don't want these big ships at the same place at the same time. But also, too, these are, these are massive, uh, like your massive, your P&Os. Uh, I had some of them here. Oh, it's not going to say it, but yeah, yeah, Diamond Princess, your Pinos, um, all your big, big uh, cruise ships. So, if definitely get a few of them there, you'll be able to get these guests off the island in mm-hmm. a couple of uh, a couple of docking runs. Yeah, whereas in Camp Cretaceous, they just seem to use the ferry, though. That just might have been the final one to leave. Hmm. Well, yeah, if they've got multiple ferries going to the island at any given time, there could have been ferries on the way, um, or utilised ferries to leave there as well. The mm-hmm. obvious, obvious question here, of course, though these big cruise ships wouldn't be able to dock at that ferry terminal. Uh, it's just not made for cruise ships. Um, but cruise ships, they normally have the tenders, they have the uh, the shore party craft that uh, they they anchor out in the bay and then people go to... Uh, go to the mainland via these smaller smaller ships, smaller boats, so it might have been kinda of like um Disney's what are they what are they like Coconut Cove or whatever that is, their Disney's private island in the Caribbean where they have the cruise ship but then they have a smaller ship that goes out to the cruise ship and you on offload from uh out at sea 
and then the smaller boat comes and um, uh, comes and ferries you over to the island itself. Because mm. I know, like, cruise ships are massive, massive things. I mean, they're way bigger than they were a hundred years ago. And a hundred years ago, New York City had to build a custom extension on their largest dock just to fit the Titanic. Mm. Of course, the Titanic never made it there, but... <laughs> Well, even yeah. Belf- even Belfast and that in Scotland when it was taking guests on, same thing. Smaller, smaller steamships that were coming out to the Titanic to ferry passengers from one to the other. It, it couldn't get couldn't get into the harbours and that of these smaller smaller ports. Exactly. So it might have been a situation like that where they were ferrying it while it was still out at sea. Mm. You know, it it anchored offshore and then they had. The smaller ferries come and pick up guests. Yeah, and and, the, and even though these cruise ships would have already had paying guests on them, um, it, they'd only be ferrying them to Costa Rica. I'd imagine they wouldn't be bringing them back to America. So, uh, unlike a starship where you've got limited resources like air and that sort of stuff, uh, a cruise ship you can have people on it for the six hours or whatever it is, cruise back to uh, back to the mainland. Maybe offer up some uh, hot hot cocoa and some mm-hmm. some chocolate or something to the kids and those that have been injured and um, wait until they get back to the mainland. Well, I know that with cruise ships, part of most of the cruise packages do include island hopping, where the cruise ship goes island to island, and then you go out and spend like the day on the beach or something like that, and you're only out like I'm stuck on a boat between islands. Hmm. You know, and that makes me wonder why it wouldn't be a dest- why Nublar wouldn't be a destination for cruise ships. Again, like whether they leave from LA or Miami or Florida, uh, all the Florida ones normally come down to Panama and cross the Panama Canal, and then do the east coast of South America, and then go around the Horn and back up to Chile and Argentina and that. So I don't know. Surely some of them would have a Isla Nublar stopover as well already. Oh yeah, def- definitely. I mean, that would be like a major kind of. I mean, like I know they do it with Hawaii because Hawaii is conveniently located like dead center in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, so it's like a nice stopping point for everybody. Mm. Get off the get off the boat and stuff like that, and then you move on to like the Midway Islands or whatever island hopping you're going on. So I, I mean. Isla Nublar is positioned perfectly where it is to where if you left in Miami, you ended up, you went through the Panama, you might have island hopped around like Puerto Rico and then Dominican Republic, went through Panama, stopped at um, Isla Nublar, and then, like you said, go back and make a trip around. Hmm. And that sort of leads to to what Hoskins says later on, that the cruise ships are coming. Whether that was planned or if there were actually cruise ships intended on uh, coming to the island maybe maybe they've been told to hurry up and full steam to get there but maybe maybe that there was actually cruise ships planning to be there around that time and they've um in general just radio radio them or someone's radio them to tell them we've got a situation here we need you here right now um mm-hmm. and send, send the tenders over empty don't send all your guests over <laughs> But anyway, we've, we've spent too much time on that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of different prices too. I suppose it all depends on how many stops you have around uh, around the trip. But 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just something interesting to uh, read through some of the itineraries and where uh, some of these cruise ships were going when they go down to South America. Okay, there are going to be cruise ships that show up here at first light. Everybody's going to get off this island. You're going to watch a news story tomorrow about how you all saved lives. No, 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 better yet, how your animals saved lives. Dave, we're only getting a minute 87. I am. All right, minute 87 of Jurassic World opens with a neon green shot of Hoskins and ends with another passionate speech by Hoskins. Uh, uh, as we open on minutes 87, uh, Hoskins is hunched over, looking at uh, Delta in the face, and um, starts clicking his fingers, teasing her. Just when we get back, Barry back, uh, he's off screen, um, saying she looks at what she wants, and then we get a quick shot of him standing by the cage with his arms crossed, and he continues usually what she wants to eat. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the night vision shot we have here so much, just because... I mean, there's light sources for it, but later on in the jungle, we get, like, the same exact kind of view. And the problem with night vision is you need light. You still, I mean, it's still a camera. It still requires light to to uh, actually see anything. Otherwise, you're just going to get a black, maybe green-tinted screen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get, we'll get there when we get to the, the, the whole operation, because a lot of the... Uh... Camera feeds seem to be the same shot multiplied by four, um, which would imply that the raptors are all looking at the same thing at any given time, (laughs) exactly the same time. (laughs) Which is, of course, not how animals act. (laughs) No, no. But yeah, night vision is definitely something that's more designed for urban environments. They worked with Jurassic Park because the vehicle lights were still on because they were running off the car's battery. Yep. Not the um, not the park's electronic system, which was noted by um, Mr. Arnold earlier in the movie. But when you're like in the middle of the jungle at night, there's no light. I mean, I know we get ambient light in the previous movies because it is, after all, a movie. And you do actually need to see what is going on. But generally, in real in realistic terms, you're not going to see anything. Mm. With the um, with the night vision I used in the military when I served, it um, when you're doing night convoy driving, you've got these little markers on the back of the vehicles to follow, and because your vehicle's not generating any light um, through your headlamps and that, pretty much everything else is just black. It's just all you can see is this little glow of these little indicator lights at the center rear of the vehicle you're following, and in the mirrors you can see the little uh, lights at the front that um, make you know that the person behind you is still there and hasn't stopped. And it's 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 hard, because you're used to driving, <laughs> being able to see everything, and you can't even see the road you're driving on. You can't see the steering wheel in front of you. You're just pretty much in total blackness, apart from these two little indicator lights. Exactly. But we're, that's not really cinematic. <laughs> I know. I was going to say that it's not something unique to Jurassic World, that does this. I mean, just about every version of Night Vision does this. But we're not talking about every movie. We're just talking about Jurassic World. But it does bother me in every movie. Mm, (laughs) It's a shame we haven't really had Night Vision come back since the original Jurassic Park. Having one one or two of the mercenaries in the long grass having Night Vision and seeing the the blur of the raptor coming out of the grass or... I I don't know where you'd have it in... Well, I suppose it'd probably be with the plane 
when it gets destroyed in Jurassic Park 3 and they wouldn't have had it with them for the rest of the trip. Mm -hmm. If you're carrying stuff, unwanted stuff, you wouldn't need it, but... Yeah, I mean, it even made a a return in the novel in the second one where Sarah Harding's using a night vision camera to watch lions and hyenas fight over a carcass. Yeah, yep. And yeah, presumably that'd be using moonlight to illuminate the, um, the open field. I believe that's where they mention it being too. Yeah, yep. I'm pretty sure, and then we get it back in Fallen Kingdom with the scope when uh, Claire's aiming at the Indoraptor on the roof. Mm-hmm. I think there's some night vision there. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get there. We get a shot here of the Raptor in the um, in the head crushing that much like we had earlier when. Um, uh, what were they doing back then? Oh, Hoskins and Owens were talking about him anyway. But again, you get this the sort of the nostril flaring and the the, um, the CGI moving of the skin to sort of make make Delta look like she's agitated and that she wants to wants to eat Hoskins. Um, but then a light shines on the animal and uh, you can hear a car's engine in the background. Hoskins stands and looks at the approaching vehicle and we cut to that G-Wagon, drive straight into that big puddle of water, uh, put splashing water everywhere and stopping nearby. Almost cartoony, you'd hear the screech of tyres here, but they don't, luckily. <laughs> but I do love the effect of the steam coming up from under the vehicle that makes it look like it has been driving for a while. The engine's hot. It's not like some films where you see a vehicle pull up and there's condensation coming out the exhaust pipe because it's only just started and driven forward five metres and stopped again. <laughs> um. What they might have done for that effect is... This is one of the later shots that the... or the later takes that they've used. I know that Stanley Kubrick used to do that a lot with takes. He would take like a, an excessive amount of takes... And then only end up using like either the very first or and yet one of the like last takes, just because the more the takes get, the more you get into it, and the more and like just random machinery itself becomes more look. It looks more used, like it's been running for hours and not running for minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this is a nighttime shot, so I have to reset and refill the puddle full of water. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the size of the splash could also be from the fact that they're just going at such a speed, you know? Mm. Yeah. Owen and Claire climb out and start walking towards Hoskins with a very stern look on their faces. And um, we can see that uh, veterinary unimog over in the back with its back doors open. It's going to play a part later on after the, uh, the raptor chase. Uh, and it almost looks like Claire's Mercedes parked over behind her as she's walking. You only just see the grill. You see the Mercedes logo there, and it sort of looks like the front of her car, but it might be just a Vito van parked there, because we know they've got a couple of them on site, those uh, those heavily fortified ones. Hoskins approaches, the mother hen has finally arrived, and smack, <laughs> Owen doesn't let him get another word in. He lands a left hook uh, to Hoskins' jaw, sending the big man backwards, stumbling, which I never knew Chris Pratt was a left-hander. I can't recall from any of the... Guardians or Marvel films watching him punch someone if he's punched left hand or right hand, but it definitely looks like he's a left hander here. I've never really paid attention to that either. I'm going to have to watch Guardians or something like that this weekend to see to see if he does that. I suppose too. I was watching Future Minutes um, before too to see which uh, which army's firing the Marlin from. I'm pretty sure he's shooting right handed, but that might be a right handed. 
Unless you get a specific uh, weapon made for you to shoot left-handed, you'd have to shoot right-handed mm-hmm. anyway. Otherwise, you get hit in the face with <laughs> ejecting brass. But uh, Hoskins saw Lane in there calling, calling him the mother hen too. He deserved this. <laughs> we get a quick shot of the boys in the G wagon reacting to the punch, uh, doing the oh <laughs> reaction. <laughs> and Hoskins holds his jaws. Owen tells tells him to uh, get the hell out of here and stay away from my animals. And then Claire pipes up. Sticking close to Owen Hoskins, you wanted this to happen, you son of a bitch. We we commented <laughs> on the uh, the bitch don't say bitch line from the last minute or the minute previous. <laughs> I don't know why she's being so high and mighty here. She shouldn't even be allowed on site. The engine's taken over. She should be on that boat with the rest of the control room staff. <laughs> <laughs> Hoskins out... here should should remind Owen, I'm not one of your damn animals. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it is kind of funny because this movie's usually Jurassic Park movies get rated PG thirteen for violence and gore, but interestingly, Jurassic World seems to have more swearing than the other Jurassic Park movies. Hmm. I'm glad we haven't got the f bomb dropped in one yet. <laughs> we'll we'll see what Dominion brings on. As far as I know, that has only happened in the lost world and it's pretty muffled anyway so yeah as far as i know not on script (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that might be just a um arrow in cutting like didn't cut soon enough Mm -hmm. but we we we've sort of known we've seen hoskins planning this all out for the last the last half an hour he's he has been wanting this to happen um he's been wanting a reason for his to field test the animals and here it is. It's no. It's no news to the rest of us. He obviously got his crew here on site pretty quick to uh, get the job started. But um, that's when he starts another uh, speech. <laughs> oh Jesus! How many other people have to die before this mission starts to make sense to you? Barry decides to offer his opinion. Uh, it's not a mission. It's a field test, <laughs> which would make us all feel like Eddie back in the Lost World. Like you want to go <laughs> to the island now? <laughs> no, I've still got three weeks. <laughs> Again, Owen says next minute that these animals haven't been out of... Uh, Barry's does, I think, that these animals have never been out of containment. And you just want to... Hoskins was going to do it with or without Owen. Mm-hmm. He's going to... The one person that's been working the close as close to the animals as, than anyone else, the Alpha, as Owen calls himself, and they were going to unleash these animals without him. The, <laughs> I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure how it should have ended on one of those YouTube video uh, on YouTube shows have done, just they open the doors, the animals run out, then start immediately attacking everyone. <laughs> not not doing what they're supposed to. Because it's a crazy, crazy plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised it goes as well as it does for as, as long as it goes, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Hoskins continues, this is an engine operation now. There are going to be cruise ships uh, that show up here at first light. Everyone's going to get off this island. So again, there could have been a lot going on behind the scenes there, or there could have been cruise ships already planned to come. None of it's explained, unfortunately, uh, in the film or in supplementary material that I've read anyway. Well, like we already pointed out, there is a significant time jump, so there's probably a significant amount of things that have happened that we don't see that are really only ever implied. Hmm. Like, for example, them contacting possibly nearby cruise ships for evacuations. Yeah, and we mentioned earlier too, if the whole there would have been a um, the board being notified and the board um, mm-hmm. 
making engine giving engine control over the operation to uh, to bring this all back under control. But as it ends, Hoskins says uh, you're going to watch the news tomorrow. Or you're going to watch a news story tomorrow, and we'll get the rest of that uh, next minute. Uh, how they save lives and how their animals save lives. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the news story that's going to be running. <laughs> um, but we'll discuss more of that in minute 88. Uh, Dave, anything else on that before we get to novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. Hoskins' line's a little bit different. Uh, finally, the mother hen has shown up, which uh, different reading from what we get in the film. Uh, Claire and the kids come to stand beside Owen so the kids don't stay in the in the G-Wagon. And uh, Hoskins has some more dialogue after Owen tells him to stay away from his animals. Uh, this isn't your territory anymore. Remember, you work for me. So, yeah, them coming on site here, as as good good spirited as uh, as much as they mean well, um, as as Hoskins is going to say, and as we know, they're they're in charge. Um, this is going to happen with or without Owen, and mm-hmm. his best choice or best uh, option here is to go ahead with it and try and make it. A successful operation, yeah. Which we'll, which we'll get into more next minute as uh, as the raptors are freed and uh, <laughs> we get that uh, that movie poster shot of uh, the raptor squad and the bike ro- ro- roaring through the jungle. Mm-hmm. But until then, Dave, that's been a minute eighty-eight. How about we get out of here for the day? All right, sounds good. <laughs>